Let's rock and roll. I'm so excited. So my name's Eugene, and this is my wife, Angela. Say hello. So tonight, while we're writing the message, um, dude, it's going to be a fun night. You're going to get challenged. You're going to laugh. You're going to smile. We're just going to have a good time tonight. So you guys ready? Are you guys ready? All right, let's do it. So Eric Knopf has been, um, he kind of started off the series of us just getting really to know the true character of God. And sometimes in order for that to happen, he gave a really good example of uh, when he moved into his new office, uh, they had to pull up the flooring. And when they saw the flooring, they noticed that there was just old glue on top of old glue on top of old glue. But and actually to properly lay down a new foundation, you got to get some of that old glue up so that you could properly lay down a strong, firm, and solid foundation. And so that's really what we're doing here uh, with this series on just getting to know the true character of God. Um, because oftentimes with like either past experiences or things you might have heard uh, through the church, uh, we have this really negative connotation of God and we think that he's somebody who he's really not. And even though we could say God is good, really, uh, when we think about it, we really sometimes think that he's actually evil. And so tonight, we just really want to just open up and just, what does the word say? Who God really is. And in 2 Corinthians 5.15, it says, 5.19, hopefully that's up there. All right. It says, for God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. Religious people, they can't stand that. They think that grace, that you have to work hard for it. But really what Jesus did on the cross already covered that. It already covered any sin, any future sin, any past sin that we have already made. And he made us to be in relationship with him. As we can see here, reconciliation, restoration. That's really God's character and that's really what he's about. Now, you guys honestly are ahead of the pack. If you're here tonight, you're ahead of the pack. A bunch of the world thinks, oh, if I, you know, I don't even wanna to come to church. If I come to church, you know, I'm gonna get struck by lightning. I mean, People think that like God's really up there with like this like lightning bolt spear, like ready to kind of just stab us with it. But that's so far from the truth. And as we read in John 15, three, it says, you are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. You're already clean. So it's like sometimes when we walk in these doors, we're like thinking about our week or thinking about what we did last night or, or how we messed up last, last weekend. And it really hinders us sometimes from experiencing the love and the, like, what we're really supposed to be getting out of worship. But really, we're already clean. Jesus already laid that down. And it says you're clean because of the word. And if you read in scripture, it says that Jesus is the word. Adam we all know he was the cause of our fall. Adam was our representative. But when Jesus came, now Jesus is our covenant representative. Now, a lot of you guys have probably seen Passion of the Christ, and it was really gory, and it was really, you know, like, just kind of, like, heartfelt, right? But it was actually a ceremony of, like, that, that 
what Christ did on the cross, he became our covenant representative. So now he represents us. And with scriptures like these, it's important for it to like, for us to wrap it around our hearts and for us to wrap it like around our minds and to really get it in. Because what you feel or how you think about an author is gonna to determine how you read the book. It's like what you know about like a musical artist sometimes alters how you, how you listen to, to its music. So you really just wanna get like you're already clean, like God's about reconciliation. So when you're reading the word, this is what's coming out and that's the tone that you're reading it in. Like when we come into in a relationship with God, we're made into new creations. It says it in Romans, like our old nature is dead. We have a brand new identity that we can step into. And so it's like, whenever we mess up, it's like, I'm not acting like a son. I'm not acting like a daughter. What boundaries do I need to put up? Who do I need to talk to? God, like, help me out with this. But because he's about reconciliation and because he loves us so much, all that stuff that we want help with, he's there for us. And that's stuff that we could honestly just grab onto. Okay. <laughs> so in order to fully step into this, what Eugene is speaking on and encounter the love of God, our minds and our hearts need to be in sync because a lot of times we can hear everything that Eric Knopf or you know whoever you're listening to preach to us and our minds get it. Oh, I get that God is good. God loves me. God cares about me. God is gonna take care of me, but our hearts don't connect to it. Do you actually feel that way? Or are you just thinking it? And a lot of times it could be vice versa. You have that heart-to-heart -heart connection with God, but because your mind is tied to your past and tied to old patterns or tied to things that you learned in your past and you take those with you, a lot of times that can not distance you from God, but it makes it harder to hear what God is saying. It makes it harder to hear what the Holy Spirit is telling you because you're stuck in the past. Your mind is, is back here, but your heart wants God. I hope that's making sense to you. So when your mind gets it, but your heart isn't connecting, you got to intentionally ask yourself, heart, how do you feel about God? Like, do you believe that God loves you? Because sometimes your heart has a different answer than your mind. And it's about being intentional and asking your heart how it feels. And then if you have that heart-to-heart -heart connection with God, but your mind is stuck in, in old patterns and old ways, it's the verse uh, Romans 12.2. You're not conformed by the patterns of this world, but are transformed by the renewing of our minds. Now, if you don't understand what renewing your mind means, that's going to be a little hard for you to do, right? So renewing your mind is letting go of those patterns, those unhealthy ways that maybe you learned from your family. Maybe you learned from your parents. Maybe you learned or took with you from a past relationship. It's letting go and letting God teach you a healthy way to move forward in your life and to create new patterns. And so whatever you're lacking, whatever you didn't get when you were a kid from your family, you know, whatever that was, God fulfills those things. God makes up for that. And so tonight, we really, we, we're practical people. We really want, you know, we've been talking about the character of God and who he is. 
we want you to feel that. And we want to give you ways of how to do that. And practical things for you to wrap your head around. You can experience and encounter the love of God. And honestly, like, we're working, like, our generation is one of the most fatherless generations of all generations. And when I say fatherless, I'm not always talking about fathers that were absent, but sometimes fathers that were there, but maybe were emotionally absent, fathers that uh, didn't instill into their kids what they needed to grow into maturity. And sometimes we think that because we have, because there are parents that they know what they're doing. But not all of the times that you have the title of something that you do know what you're doing. And so sometimes, like, and a lot of you guys might have some really great parents, you know. And that is so great, and that's great to have. And I actually want to start seeing more of that. But for some of us, our parents didn't quite hit the mark. And sometimes what we do is the way that we look at our father is the same way we look at God the Father. When really the two are actually separate. Just because somebody has the title of something doesn't always mean that they know how to operate in that title. For example, I was a student for about eight years, and after eight years, I know. <laughs> you could laugh at that, yes. And it was off and on for about eight years, and it finally hit me what it actually meant to be a student to start studying, to take responsibility over your schoolwork, to take ownership of it, meeting up with the teacher to, and this is what I'm learning now, is just connecting with your, other, with, with your fellow students. I mean, I had the title of a student for a long time, but I didn't know what it meant to actually operate into that. And I might have had the title, but it didn't mean that I knew what I was doing. But, and that's the same thing kind of with our parents is that they might not know what, what they're doing, but God fathers the fatherless. And when we come into relationship and identity with him, he becomes our father. So for everything that we weren't given, he gives us back. He gives us that direction. He gives us that healthy discipline. He gives us identity that all comes when we make God our father. And you may not have had a father growing up, but God teaches you how to be a father. And one thing I really want to emphasize, because I've learned this from my own life, is just ask yourself, like, does how, does how you hear the Lord or how you view him have any resemblance of how you view your earthly father? And like, really ask yourself that, because just as an example in my own life, my father was the provider and the discipliner. So anytime I messed up, made a mistake, or whatever it was, I disappointed him. It was, you, why did you do that? You're, you messed up. That was wrong. And made sure I knew that I made a mistake and not to do that again. And in turn, I felt shame. I was sad. I was upset that I could make him so disappointed in me. And I realized that when I made a mistake as an adult, I, I thought I heard God the same way that my father talked to me. So he was disciplining me. When I sinned, it was, why would you do that? That was really stupid. You made a huge mistake. 
don't do that again, ever. Like, God doesn't speak to you like that. And I realized that my mind was, was hearing my dad talk to me. And that, that was something that I needed to let go of because I knew the heart of God isn't like that. He's a nurturer. He cares about me. Yes, he does discipline, but he doesn't do it harshly. He does it in a loving way. And he knows how to speak to me. He knows how to be gentle so that I can receive it in a good way and, and get something out of it. And so I had to realize that I was, I was hearing God the way that my dad talks to me. And that's, that's not in line with God's character at all. And so I started to hear God in a different way. And that was a way that I can receive his love and encounter his love. And similar to Angie's situation, like my father was always kind of just in and out of my uh, life, my entire life. He was just always kind of in and out of the picture. And in church, uh, I was taught that, uh, you know, you're, you're not going to feel God sometimes uh, but that's just him testing you. And I looked in scripture and I, I never found that, I never found, found that in there, but because my dad was kind of in and out of my life. And so then I was like, well, okay, well, God's, you know, the father, he's just kind of, kind of be in and out of my life too. I was like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. That's just what fathers do. They're just kind of in and out when they, when they, when they want to be. That's so far from the truth. God has made us a third spirit, soul, and body and mind. And because a third of us is spirit, that means I'm always connected to God. And so anytime that I, I don't feel him, I just have to start telling my feelings the truth, that I do feel God and that God is inside of me. And I just need to bring him out. And it's just declaring that stuff over myself that really just kind of opens me up to actually feel God. Or sometimes it's something really simple as, I might just be sitting in my chair like this. I'm like, God, I don't feel you. Maybe it's something really simple as just getting up. Maybe I just got to start dancing. Maybe I just got to, I got to do something different to kind of just churn that spirit up and to do something different. Do you guys know who Oakson is? Our, our main guy? I mean, this guy, every time I see him, he looks like he just got out of the gym. Well, I was talking to him about working out and stuff, and, and he said, he's like, you know, you could do the same workout over and over again. Uh, and, you know, build muscle, but to build optimal muscle, you got to kind of trick your muscle. Do something that you've, you've never done. Do, a, do an, an exercise or lift the weights in a way that you never have to get that optimal muscle growth. And the physical, in the physical realm, is a result of the spiritual realm. So what happens in the physical and what happens in the spiritual, they're tied in together. So I relate that to my walk with God and when I'm worshiping or just in my personal time, I'm just like, I gotta do something different. I gotta either go in the backyard, I have to start walking around or something, something different from the norm in order to kind of like just stir things up differently and then boom, boom. <laughs> boom. So I, I wanna piggyback off of what he said and I just wanna declare tonight that God is not distant. He's always with us. In fact, um, in Matthew 28, 20, it says, and surely I am with you always to the very end of age. God is always with us. And there's a Christ Life excerpt that I pulled from our phase two book that I really, really love. Okay, there. 
Um, it says, through Jesus, through Jesus's life on earth, he revealed that God is pure in spirit and can't be seen. He is nevertheless always present among his people and is ready to stand by them for the sake of the covenant with his beloved son. And there's been two women that have stood out to me that have prophesied over Epic Life, Cecily Orm and Havila Cunnington. They've, they've come here and they've prophesied that as on a corporate level, that Epic Life just needs to keep pressing in, pressing in for the presence of God, pressing in to feel his presence. They both said that. And they've said that over Epic Life. And I just feel like individually in our own lives that we can receive that as well. Because we don't just come to Epic and worship God. We do that in our individual lives and on our own time. So even though you might not feel God and he might feel distant, you need to keep pressing in until you feel him. Because he's not distant. Um, this next topic is like... I am so excited about it. This is like my heart. And on a serious note, like I love talking about relationships and it's just like what Eric was saying. There's so many marriages coming out of Epic Life that are wholesome and healthy. And I feel like that's how it's supposed to be. Like we all deserve a healthy, wholesome relationship, a wholesome marriage and wholesome little babies. So, no, but seriously, I wanted to, we wanted to talk about relationships because, and this ties in with your relationship with God, because whatever you receive vertically through your relationship with God, then outpours to your relationships horizontally. And we're, we're speaking specifically on like a significant other or a spouse. And it just, this is just such like a passion for me because when I think about the couples here at Epic Life and also the families, um, they have, they learned a lot individually in order to lay a new foundation for their marriage. And like I was speaking earlier, we have to let go of, of the unhealthy things that we learned growing up. And if you want a healthy marriage and you want a healthy family, these are things that you need to do. You need to renew your mind and let go of those old patterns, those old mindsets, and, and lay a new ground, a new foundation, so that when you, create, when you have this marriage, you guys are starting something all new. Like, there is absolutely nothing you will find in my past that I have brought into this. I mean, I'm not perfect. I mean, there might be some things. But, like, <laughs> seriously, like, I'm not, I don't want to bring the things that, that I grew up with into this marriage. And the same with him. And so um, it's just so amazing to see the families and, and the children at Epic that are receiving from their parents what their parents did not receive. And I hope you guys are understanding because God came in and made up for whatever they were lacking. So the kids have everything that they need because the parents got, received from God what they were lacking. So I hope you guys are following me. <laughs> um, so because God loves us, 
He is giving us what we need and making up for what we lack to have a healthy marriage and a healthy family. So you guys can have this too. This is 100% available to you. So I just really want you guys to know that you all deserve and you can all have a healthy marriage and a healthy family. You can have that. And I'm almost done. <laughs> There's two things that I really felt on my heart that I wanted to say tonight. And um, this is specifically for the women. Um, don't settle for, the, for less than the man of God that you deserve. Because if this is the man that you're going to spend the rest of your life with, fathering your kids, don't settle. It's not worth it. Don't settle. And then the other thing that I wanted to say is you cannot rely on your husband to fulfill your needs. Because even from my own, like, this is the most, like, amazing man that I know, honestly. Like... No, I'm being serious. Like, I could not have asked for a better husband. And, but what I've learned is sometimes, you know, I obviously have needs, but I've, I've, I've been able to seek God even before seeking Eugene, and he was able to fulfill those needs, and I didn't even have to ask him for them. Does that make sense? That God completely came in and fulfilled the needs that I needed, and I didn't even, I didn't need to ask that's not his job. Come on. <laughs> so just to reiterate, you cannot rely on your husband or whoever you're dating to fulfill your needs because that's God's job. God is there for that. He's there to fulfill all your needs. And sometimes we want to like kind of just take matters into our own hands and like say, I got this. I'm going to go, you know, find myself a significant other or I'm going to do this. I'm, I'm, I'm just going to take matters in my own hands. I'm tired of waiting. <laughs> but honestly, it's the relationship that I, I've had. If it wasn't for my relationship with God, I would not be a husband. Like I would not be standing here right now. It was this relationship that I had with God that, that equipped me in order to be a husband for Ange. And the world sometimes though, like they wanna throw all these crazy things at you like, um, because we chose to uh, not have sex before marriage and we chose not to live with each other before marriage. And the world, like I'm, from my family and friends, they thought that notion was crazy. And it is crazy, and it was a lot harder than it seems, but it's very doable. But the world will tell you, you have to test, car, test drive the car before you buy it. You know what I mean? Like, I need to move in. I, I need to live with somebody first if, if I know that I could live with them for life, you know? And this is everything that the world is throwing out there, but really, this is what helps this. For example... In 2009, I, just like an altar, just like this, I came up, this guy prayed for me, and I heard God say, all that junk, everything that you're trying to get rid of on your own, let me help you. So I was like, okay, God, I'm tired of doing this on my own. We're going to just do this your way. And so I came, you guys, I came with bags. I mean, I had Louis Vuitton bags. I had Adidas bags, Nike, 
grocery bags. I mean, I had baggage just up the wazoo. I mean, a whole bunch of just insecurity, whether it was acting out sexually, excessive drinking, not wanting to sleep alone. I just came with all this baggage and I was like, here I am here with, with, with it all. And I just started walking with God. And just the cool thing about just walking with God is that as I'm walking with him, he's just taking the bags off, taking the bags off. And it just made it so much easier. And it was just so much better that it was just like, I have all knowing an almighty God at my very dismay to help me with any junk, anything that, I, that I, I might have. And so then I stopped trying to do things on my own and just went to God finally like, hey, let's just me and you team up and let's get rid of this. And so when I came into a marriage with Ange, I mean, we do things differently. I mean, from the interior to the outterior design, exterior <laughs> design to... Outterior, is that what I said? Yeah. You guys knew what I meant. All right. Uh, cleaning the kitchen, sleeping to, like the sleeping arrangement, just the things that were, 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 were just different. And that's what everybody thinks like, well, see, that's the things that I'm so scared about. But here it is. Because I was so used to just taking things off and just not making things all about me and making things about us so that I could walk down the path that I wanted to go down, I brought that same characteristic into our marriage that just looked into the form of, not coincidence, but um, when you're like letting go, compromise. It was making it really easy for me to compromise because the fact that I, I was like, God, me and you got to do this together. Same thing with our marriage. I can't make things all about me. So I came through with that compromise that I already had worked out with God before the marriage. And so I came in with it, it was like, I'm already used to just taking things off and just making things work with, with me and him so that I can move forward. I wanna do the same thing for us. And not just making it all about me, but making it so, what, what areas can we work together, like the kitchen area and about cleaning and doing chores and just working together so that we can go down the path of a healthy marriage. Because when you go and you come in, it's just like, well, I just want, I just want, I want things like this, I want things like that. That's what causes division and that's what causes a break and that's what I did not want coming into a marriage. And so Ange kind of spoke to the girls and I kind of want to talk to the guys on this one. Oh. All right? I mean, this does kind of apply to the ladies, but I really want to kind of zone in on the guys here. Now, correct me if I'm wrong high school, junior high, this is kind of when we started to develop an eye for women, right? We started checking out women, we started to get to know what our type is, our hormones are raging, we, everything, everything is just different now. And what happens is that this happens in, in high school, and so we have that, that mindset of checking out women, oh man, maybe, maybe, you know. And we, we, we start that here, and then we bring that into our adult lives. And sometimes even when we get into a relationship, we can have a definite heart connection with, with the other person. But sometimes our minds are still back in high school of like, oh, women are opportunity. Oh, man, 
uh, checking out girls and everything like that. And it causes a break inside of your relationship. And that's why, like she said on Romans 12 2, we have to continually re be renewing our minds. It doesn't say be transformed by the renewed mind. This is a renewing. This is something that constantly I have to do every day is just renew. We all have to do this. It's something that's just every day of just renewing our, our, our minds. Because when you come into a relationship and you're still kind of looking at women and opportunity, honestly, that's the key reason why guys cheat. Hello? It's because they're still looking at other women as opportunity. They might have a, con a complete heart connection with their woman, but their minds are in completely other places. And it's the same thing kind of with our walk with God is that like we can have a complete heart connection to God, but sometimes we look at our past and we could actually be addicted to our past. And we look at our past as like, oh man, those were the good old days. Or we might see an old family member, old friend, and we just start reminiscing on the old days. Like, oh man, that was so cool. And we might even end up slipping up and going back into those old ways, even though we just had this heart connection with God. But when we renew our minds, it's like that old stuff, when we're having the conversation, it's like, ah, yeah, that was crazy, but it actually led me down a path of destruction, a path that just I just did not want to go down. At the time, yeah, it was, seemed great, but actually that just led me down just this horrible path. And so when we come into places like this or we're coming and when we're hanging out with quote unquote our Christian friends, we, when we renew our minds, we're the same person that we are with our Christian friends than we are in the world with anybody else because our minds are renewed. We have that new identity. We know I am a son. I know I cannot go back to thinking the way I, I, I used to think. I need to continually refresh this mind and wrap it around identity and wrap it around the truth about who God is and where we're actually going. Amen. <laughs> Just a little side note. I, I want you guys to know that, that God honors your tough decisions. He's, he understands and, and knows that when you make a tough choice, even, it, even if it might seem small to someone else, when you make a, a small choice to step out of an orphan and into a son or daughter, he honors that because actually worship isn't just coming to the front and praising God and singing to him. It's how you live your life. So anytime you make a decision that moves you forward instead of digressing back to that orphan mentality, God is completely acknowledging that. He's encouraging you. He's cheering you on and he honors you when he, when he sees you do that. And so I just want you to be encouraged that he is mindful of everything that you're doing to step, out, step into being a son or a daughter. Um, one pattern that I kind of took, that I had in our dating relationship, that I, that I thankfully broke off a, a long time ago, but it, Another reason we wanted to talk about just relationships, and this isn't just for married people, this is for single people and also people who are in a dating relationship because dating, I mean, what's your next step? Marriage. So that's imp it's important to learn the things that you need to even in your dating relationship or even as a single person. So um, anyway, one of the things that I would do when Eugene and I would get into a disagreement or um, an argument is I would leave. 
I'd be like, you know what? I don't even want to deal with this. I don't have, ain't nobody got no time for that. (laughs) I'm going to get in my car and I'm going to leave. And what that does is that's actually me trying to take control of the situation. That's me saying, you know what? You don't really matter right now. And I want to be in control of this. So I'm going to walk out. And that really, that really creates a break in the communication. And what I've noticed, um, a really healthy pattern to adopt is to not do that, obviously. And to have that continual communication between each other. And instead of me just getting up and leaving the room, because, you know, we live together now, so I can't just leave. Like, he's still there. So... (laughs) So instead of me just getting up and leaving, I say, listen, I need some time to like bring my thoughts together. I'm a little flustered. Just give me some time and let's, let's come back to this. And that works wonders, seriously, you guys. Just a little side note for marital advice. That's the way to go. Because if you think about it, we do that with God. We like if, if something bad happens or a circumstance, a circumstance doesn't go the way that we plan, we like to create that break in communication with him. Like, okay, God, well, I gave it to you, but you didn't work it out for me. So I'm going to take control of this situation and I'm going to take it into my own hands. And that's creating that break between you and him. When in reality, in, in the Christian reality is... When you have that continual communication with him, like Jesus did, he, when he was here, he was always communicating with God. He was always here in the Holy Spirit. And that's what we need. We need to continue to have a constant communication with God instead of creating that break. He wants to know, I'm frustrated right now. I don't know quite why this happened. I wanna wrap my head around it. I'm frustrated. Like, talk to him. He wants to hear how you feel. Instead of creating that, I want to take control of this situation, just tell him, like, this is how I'm feeling about this. And I have um, one other example, and this is something that I learned about grace. And after I changed my perspective of hearing the voice of God as not a harsh um, discipliner, someone who's like, reminding me of my mistakes. I learned that 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 was, once again, that was my dad, but I I can now hear God in a different way. And when I learned that if I made a mistake, God wasn't like bashing me and, you know, reminding me like, oh, you really messed up because as he said earlier, he doesn't see our mistakes. He doesn't see our sins. He just says, Ange, it's okay. Like, get back up and let's keep going forward. And that's grace. God doesn't care about our mistakes or our sins. He gives us grace. And he says, just keep moving forward. Like, you're fine. Just keep going. And when we got married, like, because I learned that grace, I was able to take that into our marriage. And I know a lot of you think that Eugene is perfect, but he's actually not that perfect and he does make mistakes. And so when he does, I have, I remember the same grace that God gives me all the time. And I'm able to give that to him when he makes a mistake and we're able to talk through it and move on. And I don't, we don't bring it up 
every argument. Like, well, remember what you did two months ago? You know? And so, and I'm not perfect either. Come on. And. <laughs> no, that's the truth. Like, seriously. Seriously, I'm not perfect? No, no, no. Like, <laughs> the whole notion of one, one di disagreement being able to resolve it and not bringing that same into the next one. Yeah. I'm telling you. And then also, I'm not perfect. So, you know, now that I'm new at this whole wife thing, I'm learning. And if I make a mistake or I mess up or, you know, I, don't, I do something that maybe doesn't just mesh well with us, like, I don't need to wallow in my mistake or be sad and, and say I'm the worst wife in the world. No, I have grace. I have grace on myself because I need to treat myself the same way God treats me. And I can move on from that. Okay, I learned. I'm not going to do that again. Let's move on. And so that was how I was able to learn about grace. And then not only that, like pour it into our relationship. Yeah. And for all you single guys out there, you could hear like, oh, well, you know, I don't have a girlfriend. So looking at women and stuff is opportunity is, I mean, where, how does that play for me because I don't have a heart connection with any woman. I'm single. I could do whatever I want, right? Well, the whole looking at women as, 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 as opportunity thing, it's like the renewing of the mind comes in is like when you look at women, are you just doing body checks? You know, because if you, if the real goal is like, I, re I, I really want a, a wife, it's going to go beyond what she looks like. You know? So, if we're consistently just doing body checks and all of that, all that stuff is just going to be in our brains. All that's going to be in, in our heads, and the body does what the mind tells it to. So if we're filling ourselves up with all this lust, with all these lustful thoughts, with all these body checks, with, like, women and all this stuff, it's going to cause us to act out. And trying to be pure is going to be really hard for you. So it's renewing the mind, and it's just like, okay, God, like, Help me with this wandering eye. And that was a prayer that I had to tell myself so many times. It's just like, God, I want to zero in and I only want to have eyes for Angela. Give me only eyes for Angela. And with just putting it in, 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 into practice, I was able to just have that narrow scope just then on her. And so that was what we had for you for tonight. So I just encourage you guys to... You might have like the head knowledge of God, but is your heart really aligned up with it? Or you might have like a, like a really have like a heart connection with God, but is, is your mind still kind of stuck onto who you were? And to really analyze the two, because it's something I have to do, something we have to do all the time is just getting these both in sync so that we can really encounter love. And when I could really encounter this love and I could really encounter and step into this love here. So... I just challenge you guys with that tonight, and honestly, if for any of you out there are like, yeah, that's, that, that's kind of me, like tonight is your breakthrough night. Yeah. Tonight is the night. Tonight, the two can become in sync. Mm -hmm. I just want to encourage you guys with that. Like, I love you guys so much, and you guys were just paying attention and listening the whole time. And <laughs> 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 you guys are awesome.